0: Hello,
1: everyone. Hello. Hello.
0: Hello. (laughs) How how are are you? you?
1: Oh, man. Just hanging in. Just hanging in. (laughs) How
0: about you? Oh, I'm really good, actually. I did my, um, I'm still on my fitness trail. So I did some yoga this morning. I did power yoga. And then I did restorative yoga. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was in a good flow today. So I feel like my weeks of perseverance are paying off. Nice. And this is all at home. Yes, yeah, oh, just at home. So nice. I'm either, I'm alter, al- alternating between treadmill and yoga or, um, or or kind of going for a long walk with friends or whatever. So Damn. I'm trying to just, I'm trying to aim for consistency and yeah. allowing myself to miss one day. Um, so yesterday I didn't do anything because I had a particularly bad migraine. And oh. um, weirdly enough, so did my daughter, who's in a different country. Oh. Very
1: bizarre weird right it's so weird I had a headache all day yesterday too Mm. I don't know why I never that it's rare for me It's so weird
0: yeah Yeah. it's something in the universe Mm. so yeah so yesterday was kind of a day of grace and Mm. um yeah back on it today feel great
1: oh good you're really serious about like new year's resolutions that's really cool
0: (laughs) well ask me in in the summer (laughs) how it's going I kind of think the worst thing that I can do is to stop Mm. and have kind of a few days off because I know how difficult it is to get yeah. back into it. Yeah. So I really just have to stick with it, even if it's the tiniest bit. Yeah. Just stick yeah. with it. Yeah. 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 Damn. Although awesome. I was googling this morning whether doing the treadmill and yoga actually helps you to lose weight because I thought, <laughs> what's point of doing all this if it's not going to have any impact? But apparently it does, so that motivates me to stick with it. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, so the thing is, is what we're saying now is like, don't exercise for weight loss exercise for cardiovascular health wellness and mental wellness but I know but I really the, want to lose
0: that bit around the belly uh,
1: <laughs> and you know so long as we can check the amount of the we're eating oftentimes we really reward ourselves for all that amazing work with like a muffin
0: so are you the, saying that because I've just had two slices of shortbread <laughs> no I did not see <laughs> such shortbread.
1: <laughs> I know of no such things
0: I just had some shortbread it was um, delicious <laughs> well
1: so long as you're doing the same thing that you would have eaten before you got on the treadmill. That's, oh, yes. That's the thing. As long as the sharp shortbread was there before the treadmill, that's perfect. Yeah.
0: It is. It is. Awesome. <laughs> cool.
1: Okay, good. Good, good, good. Uh, yes. Excellent. All right. Right on. So with that, there's promise for the new year. What's going on at the Relationship Desk of Love?
0: Yes. So the Relationship Desk of Love this week um, so, I came across some research. We haven't had a bit of research for a while. Mm, yeah, yeah. About um, how time in relationships allow us to have much better relationships which have more humour in them.
1: Oh, yeah. And that's humour and fun. That's one of yeah. your big values. Yeah. For well, sure. it is
0: one of mine. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I did have a laugh at the weekend with my other half. <laughs> um, just like. I mean, doing nonsense things, not even kind of anything. You know, we always think like days have to be filled with these monumental, spectacular occasions. We were just hanging out and just had a bit of a laugh. It's great.
1: Right, right. Um,
0: so, yeah, so this uh, this article talks about how over time they did this study and um, and had the same couples in recurrently for like 20 odd years and looked at how their behavior was over time and how the relationship was, how they were with each other. So it talks about the fact that you think that all the excitement and the kind of carefree fun all happens in your younger years. Mm. So you kind of think, oh, yeah, once you get a bit older all of that disappears out the window as we head into, you know, routine of life and and all the things, the responsibilities that come Mm. as you get older. Mm -hmm. But it's that actually it doesn't, you know, that honeymoon period doesn't end there. And even though we might go through some challenging times, some tough times, the relationship the people that do stay together and um and have a much longer relationship they do they did find in this study that um that they had a happier time together so mm. they saw that more um kind of fun and humor came out and they saw a decrease in the more resentment mm. contentment some of those more toxic behaviors that can happen right, right. they saw those declining and ah. the 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 more kind of humour and the enjoyment of spending time together yeah. um increased. They were more they were less combative and more accepting of each other as mm-hmm. they got older. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, so it says the research carried out um carried out the study by videotaping conversations between 87 middle aged and elderly married couples, all of whom are from San Francisco and have been married for between 15 and 35 years and tracked their emotional interactions over 13 years. And the researchers found that as couples aged, they showed more humour and tenderness towards each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, who doesn't want some of that? Now, yeah, right? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think they've lost so many co factors, but that's seriously what I'm waiting for in my relationship. Like, I know it's going to be amazing when we're, like, <laughs> like 90. Bring it. Bring totally, it now. Totally. <laughs> totally. But I think it's probably so, like, maybe a lot of those issues kind of go away. So things like default parenting. It's like, well, we're not parenting anymore. So, like, unequal mm. chores. But yeah. It's not really sort of a thing, or I've kind of come to terms. I think that whole charge of intimacy also. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think there's combination of those things. I think... You know, w- one observation that I've noticed more recently is that the older you get, the more able you are to have the confidence to be able to speak up for yourself, to say some of the things that you're not happy with, and um, to address certain issues and tackle stuff. Whereas, maybe when you're younger, you either don't have the confidence, the experience, or I don't. Maybe you don't want to rock the boat. You know, there's that whole thing. Oh well, it's fun most of the time. Right. Um, right. right. You know so and I, and I think as you get older, I think a lot of that falls by the wayside, and you gain more confidence, maybe you know at work in a work environment you have more confidence to speak up for yourself, and then that translates into your home environment um or vice versa, right, but I think there's a lot more where and you're a lot a lot less likely to accept things that maybe you do when you're younger, mm. so my theory behind this is that actually we sort out a lot of the stuff that's getting in the way of having the fun and Mm. enjoying each other and appreciating each other for what you do have you've also got some some foundation you've got some memories you've got some um intimate working knowledge of each other Mm. in not just in the bedroom you know just in general you know so much more about each other right that would be my theory anyway
1: yeah I think so too and then I think it's also like and what other options do I have (laughs) (laughs) and maybe not such a in a bad way like I think that we really think that like it's an H&M store and we can just trade out our partner for the newer 2022 model and that there's sort of this like you know that there's always like better fish in the sea or that there's all these options that catch our eye and you know I think it's it really does sort of strike us like there is one person who has been through the thick and the thin. It's not like it's the yeah. only person in the world for me, but it is the person who's marched through this and there's a familiarity and it's not exactly easy to replace that. So I think we yeah.
0: can
1: get to that spot.
0: Yeah, but I think it's about, at that point, it's about appreciate, total appreciation and gratitude for what you've got rather than the, oh, well, I suppose it will It'll do because we've been together this long. I think yep. that commitment has to come from a place of, of gratitude and of a positive view about the relationship. I don't think it can be, uh, oh well, I haven't got time to go to the shop to, yeah. to exchange this one, so yeah. I'll just keep him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no,
1: it's true. I think that discordant libidos, because that's where I stand. That's my my perspective and interest. But I think that discordant libidos and mismatched libido for, for sexual intimacy is a really big hang up in younger years. Like so mm. dramatically so that it, it results in relationship breakup. And and I, there comes a certain point, certainly when you're 80 or 90, and certainly, you know, sexual intimacy is absolutely on the table, but it it becomes, I think, less hypercharged mm. emotional uh and devastating and it and it sort of the edge kind of comes off of it i think so that i think yeah. is a huge
0: thing you, you know it's, it's interesting isn't it when you speak to people about what is it that you want like if people are single and they want a relationship you say what is it that you really want out of that relationship and the one thing that comes back time and time again is companionship mm-hmm. you, you very rarely hear and whilst i know that having a healthy sex life is part of a healthy relationship. But you very rarely hear somebody say, I want to have a relationship because I want to have great sex. That's often something that kind of comes alongside it. But the one thing that they miss the most is companionship.
1: That's true. But somebody in a relationship, the one thing that they want is sexual intimacy.
0: Oh, totally get that. (laughs) But but it's that kind of, you know, when we think about what is it that's drawn us into the relationship in the first place, very often it is that companionship. Yeah, that's I want true. somebody to spend time with. You know, you hear it time and time again. I want somebody to do the mundane things with me. I want somebody to right. come food shopping with me. I want somebody to sit on the sofa and watch trash TV with me. Yeah. I want somebody to go for a walk along the beach with, yeah. or in the countryside, or go for a pub lunch. Or, you know, it's those things that we want. We want to have a person there to do that with. True that. And then the one great sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah, uh, nice. That was that's good research news. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So there we go. We often yeah. think it's all kind of over once the younger years are gone, but clearly not.
1: Well, thank you for that enlivening piece of news that gives me hope for the future.
0: <laughs> so long as <laughs> oh, I can stick in. Oh, we've always got hope. <laughs> yeah, it's so
1: true. It's so true.
0: Yeah. Shall we uh, slide on over to a hot topic?
1: Oh yeah, let's go.
0: Okay. Today's hot topic. Advice you would give your younger self about dating.
1: Oh yeah. Oh,
0: oh. <laughs> oh my now, gosh. Now we know the younger self probably wouldn't listen but if the younger self was, mm-hmm. what would we share? Oh my gosh.
1: I've got like like a litany, like a Tolstoy novel full of, <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. How we got. <laughs> oh, true, true, true. And I'm thinking too, so like sort of thinking back, my dating kind of life started relatively mm. late. I don't know. I wasn't anything special in the dating scene. And um, dating was more like these kind of serial monogamous re- monogamous, m- monogamous relationships. Yeah. yeah so, so, oh my gosh, I... I'm brimming what are what's coming up for you
0: I think well there's a few things that are coming up for me so on one level like what advice would I share so thinking about how my dating history was I'm probably a bit similar to you as well Mm -hmm. and then what advice would I give based on that the other thing that's coming up is I mean it's just a whole different world for dating now right like Mm -hmm. I was reading something the other day about how people steal other people's identity and then pretend that they're this person. Mm-hmm. You've got catfishing, you've got ghosting, you've got all of these terms that most of which I don't understand yeah. because none of that was really around when, yeah. when we yeah. were younger. So that, I think we're dating in a, in a different era now. And I think there's a bit more to kind of to go out there. We know my advice on kind of sexual health and, and well-being, So that's going to be up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing that kind of comes to mind is, well, I've got a daughter who's 80 <laughs> and any advice I give her, she's just not going to listen to. Of course. Um, yeah. so, so there's a whole host of things in my mind. Um, but let's start with the first bit around kind of, so thinking back about your own relationships and relationship history and mm-hmm. like, what would we share from that? Um, I think for me, I was a bit like you, where I had regular kind of, semi-serious relationships a lot mm-hmm. um didn't really have a lot of time on my own mm. um so I'd probably change that I'd probably have a bit more fun with it maybe mm. and not be so I don't know like you get this thing don't you where it's that whole fantasy that you build up in your mind about how every single relationship you get into this is the one and it's like yeah maybe stop thinking like that yeah <laughs> just think yeah this is a relationship and and I think the other thing that I wasn't great at is actually thinking, do I like this person as well as do they like me? Mm. So it was always, the focus was always kind of the external. Mm-hmm. Like, did, what do they think of me? Do they think I'm good enough? Do they like me? Do they, you know, all of those ridiculously insecure thoughts that you have, Yeah, yeah. which are normal. It's normal to feel like yeah, that. But looking yeah. back, you kind of think, oh, why is I like that? <laughs> um, so yeah, some of those things really about putting yourself first, having a bit of fun with it. Not getting too kind of serious with every single relationship that you had, it's okay to say actually I don't want to see you anymore. Right. Rather than just kind of going along with it, you get kind of caught up in the moment, don't you? And you just it's kind of like, oh well. Yeah. It's okay.
1: Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> what
0: are you So think? true.
1: Oh, there's like so many. But like if I pick a few at random, um I definitely wish that I was not sort of yeah a mindset of exclusivity leading to marriage long term. I wish I had taken and I see kids out there right now who are exploring their sexuality and going to sex Mm. clubs in their early 20s. I'm like, why the F wasn't I doing that? Like, (laughs) just I should have really like, just taken relationship off the table and just went with Let's explore myself and sort of really take that time to, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. The whole, like, you know, what was the screaming rush, really, at, like, nineteen twenty twenty two? 22? Yeah. There was no rush to get anywhere. So I wish I would stopped and smelled the roses and really, like, mm. um, and then in that vein, like, advocated for powerful sexual experiences that were not just... Uh, pleasing partners, which, you know, I think a lot of us have gone Mm. through that thing. So it just, it took so long for me to tune into what I actually liked. I'm still trying to discover that in my 40s. Yeah.
0: I think there's a whole different way, a different mindset, isn't there? And I I think the younger generation are a bit more switched on to this um, around actually, you know, who am I? What do I want? What makes me happy? And exploring all of that so that when you go into relationships, you've got a sense of You've got a sense of your own identity, Mm -hmm. and also a confidence to be able to ask for the things that you want and like, and get what you need from a relationship.
1: Yeah, so true. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
0: But I do wonder, you know, if part of the stuff that you go through is just part of development anyway. Like, yeah. So it almost doesn't matter, you know. We can't. Um, we used used to be this thing when we were younger, which was um like this technology where you could. And, it, and it's changed now, I'm sure, with mm. the way that you can send stuff around the universe. But you could put a, basically a cable in from one laptop to another and transfer the information. Like ah, a lap link, yep. lap, lap link, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always remember my boss, who at the time I was studying to be a qualified accountant. And she was giving me some help with my um, studies because I was mm. stuck on something. And I said, I wish you could just lap link all of your knowledge to me, which would have been great yeah. from an exam point of view. And I kind of think about that same scenario. you know, we could just basically transfer all of the knowledge yeah. that we've got into somebody else, totally. But actually, is it gonna work? you know, because Mm-mm. we only learn from doing things, experiencing things, making mistakes. yeah, so there's a bit of me also that thinks. you know you kind of have to go through that to have that experience to then take it in you know when we're making mistakes, we're we're growing, we're developing. We are just—it's dis- part of that self-discovery, mm-hmm. and I almost think that you—you've you've got to go through that passage of time.
1: I mean, totally. Nobody could have sat me down. <laughs> I, you know, and it's so funny because you know what—we do regret. We don't necessarily regret not listening to people. I think what we regret is our families, like, and that—and actually, that's something to really move past. A lot of the th- times, I'm like, well. I wouldn't have made any different choices, but darn, I really wish my parents had been different so that they could have chosen, you know, or shown me how to uh, respect myself more and have more, um, you know, but so it's so funny. The thing I regret is actually something that's out of my control. So it's so easy to have Mm. something that you can kind of whinge on that you were dealt the hand you were. So, you know, a a more empowered, a coaching perspective would be like, you were dealt the hand that you, you know, that you were dealt, And when the opportunity came around to listen to people, you didn't. And so mm. what was meant to be was meant to be. Like you were meant to go through that shit.
0: Yeah. I I think one of my regrets would be not listening to myself and listening to other people too much. Uh,
1: and I blame my parents for, for yeah. dulling that sense of um like the catholic upbringing and all that sort of stuff to yeah. have sort of really taken away my or not even fostered a way to listen to myself it was yeah. don't listen to yourself listen to the needs of other people for yeah. whatever you do so don't listen to yourself because there's evil yeah. in there so uh, but uh, it's not my parents fault it's just that it, it was it was my journey yeah it was my journey yeah. it so seems yeah yeah
0: yeah definitely i think nowadays there is a whole different scenario than when you're dating because of the yeah. well because of the internet because of the way that we meet people and I guess if I was older giving advice to somebody in in kind of you know the time of now it would be around that kind of being a bit more switched on I think you need to be
1: yeah
0: to just maybe have a look you know be be slightly more suspicious I think
1: yeah
0: yeah <laughs> then maybe I've gotten more suspicious as I've got older well you've <laughs> Trust got nobody. in the game
1: because your daughter right you're like very suspicious yeah yeah you kind of want to get a gun and like stand outside her dorm room (laughs) yeah yeah no but suspicious but also sort of like discerning Mm. just discerning always tapping into um and and because the thing is the opportunity is there to be able to you know before the internets you know we had a landline and we had no way to learn about ourselves than by friends and possibly magazines, but like there was no yeah. real, I mean, it's incredible, like the virtual communities that have popped up. So folks, like a lot of folks that I treat here who are non-binary or genderqueer or just in on any sort of place in the spectrum, like how, how do you, how do you determine your sexuality without, you know, basically sort of crowdsourcing from hundreds, if not thousands of people?
0: Um, mm.
1: You know, if and if you were living in a small town, how on earth would you find anybody like you? But now Mm. that there's the internet, you can find thousands of people like you all over the world. Yeah. So I would say keep using those skills of discernment.
0: Mm. Yeah, I can see that it's got its advantages, but I think it's also got some disadvantages as well. And really, I think just being having your wits about you a little bit, I think, is is very sensible. And and as it was when we were dating, so. You know, if you're meeting somebody, meet them in a public place, like all of those things are right. are still the same. But it's then about right, okay? How does that translate into the into the digital world? Right. And how do we keep ourselves safe? Because yeah. that is, you know, you see, we've seen a lot of things recently in the news about women who, um, you know, there was a the woman who was killed by a police officer. And yeah. so you think that you can trust people that you know you would think a police officer would be pretty trustworthy. Right. And um, so, you know, there are, and it's, and we need to be careful not to get too overwhelmed by some of the stories that we hear mm. because the vast majority of people are decent or honest and trustworthy, mm. but it's just being careful, I think, for the ones that aren't. Yeah. Not put yourself in tricky situations. Yeah.
1: And I think that the the likelihood of somebody being like randomly attacked is very, very small. I, and, mm. and to the point where I would be like, and that shouldn't, you know, the thing that I fear more is is emotional manipulation and yeah. and intimate partner violence like those are the things that are far more common but the, and they're not yeah. as sort of dramatic as you know an abduction for example so i think yes. i think we really have our a game on when it comes to sort of like making sure our drink it doesn't get spiked mm. but i think you know just that s- slow wearing away and whittling yeah. down of your self-esteem in a relationship and yeah. being groomed for abuse like mm. that's the biggest thing that that, uh, keeping your wits about you.
0: Yeah. um, And, and again, a lot of that comes back to knowing who you are, having, doing the things that you can do to build your own self-esteem, your own, have your own, um, I suppose, protection layer inside.
1: Which, which I think is, is easier when you don't come from a childhood where that was, you know, absolutely stripped away. So, um, yeah. I, and you all—you almost wonder for folks who really did miss out and had a childhood where those skills were not instilled. And in fact, you know, there's childhoods that actually groom people for abuse later on because all those mm. internal signals are, are stamped out of you, right? And and so uh, you almost wish that folks could find an older mentor in life, like a grandmother. Mm. And actually, you yeah. could see that like a lot of times grandparents are, and you've mentioned your grandma, um, as yeah, yeah. she would sort of... You would have a snap Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Lifelines, right? Total lifelines.
0: But I I think it's twofold because it's not just about the stuff that happens when you're a child and then the impact that that's having on your self-esteem, your confidence, your decision-making, all of those things. It's twofold because then not only have you had that, but then you're craving what you would class as a normal Mm. relationship, a normal environment. Mm. So you're almost even more desperate to then go and forge ahead, create your own family, create your own relationships and your own mm-hmm. identity through that because you're you're trying so desperate to get away from your past that you're then placing all of this emphasis on a future relationship that's going to fix everything and make yeah. it better. Right. Um, so right. It, it, the, the danger, the impact, the outcome is is kind of almost double trouble.
1: Right, absolutely, absolutely.
0: So there's even more of a reason not to kind of jump headlong in and, you know, chase that future and just yeah. slow things down a bit and find out who you are.
1: Yeah, that's good advice.
0: Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, oh, I want to be young again. <laughs> yeah,
1: of all the things I you know back? now, absolutely,
0: <laughs> yes. I want to be young again, but with the same, with the same wise mind.
1: <laughs> I'd like <to> my my <laughs> my intelligence to be up. And my boobs to be back up too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good times, good times. Nice. Well, that sounds like good advice.
0: (laughs) Mm. So, would you like a question?
1: Oh, yes. Let's go. Okay,
0: let's do it. Today's question have a medical condition that prevents me from driving my wife knew this when we got together but all of a sudden it's a big deal is my marriage over oh my god
1: there's so much here what i, I have so many questions well, okay <laughs> oh right oh my gosh Great. Right. so gosh can you imagine like the cascade of events that has come to this like what all has happened this is so interesting
0: well, this is the thing for me, right? So in this question, all of a sudden, it's a big deal. Right. I don't believe that all of a sudden, it's a big deal.
1: <laughs> Correct. Correct.
0: So I think yeah. that all of a sudden, I'm faced that to deal with it. But I don't think all of a sudden, it's yeah. become an issue. It hasn't become an issue overnight. Yeah. There has been some things that have built up to this. But yeah. now, you are at the point, you know, this, this listener is at the point where... They can no longer tolerate the situation. Yeah. As opposed to the other person has suddenly changed their views, (laughs) actions, personality, behavior, all of that.
1: Correct. Yep. Mm. Yep. Totally. So and I work with folks who are like, yeah, you know what? I've I've heard you say that, but I just it never registered. I never thought that you were serious. I never thought that it was important. Um, and all of a sudden. something snaps and, and it just all of a sudden jolts you into attention. Like, holy shit. Yeah. I think I remember you saying this, but I don't remember you saying it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I, of course the, the, um, the distracting thing in this is I have a medical condition that prevents me from driving. So Mm -hmm. like oftentimes that really like, that's going to sort of garner sympathy, like, Oh, poor person can't drive for medical reasons. You know, how mean is that spouse? But of course there's always something going on. So a medical condition mm. that could prevent you from driving might be alcohol use disorder, right? So you have multiple DUIs, and yes, that is a medical condition. It's a medical condition that you
0: so <laughs> Gosh, you went harsh, didn't you?
1: I'm just saying I you know, so you don't there know There are
0: that, lots of other reasons that you that may have prevented you from driving. I, what if I, it's like epilepsy or correct? Like yeah. I remember when we first got together. There was a period of time my partner couldn't drive, not through any fault of his own, certainly not through alcoholism. And that was really tough for him, really tough. And we hadn't been together very long either. Yeah, Um, And he was a very stubborn man and very proud and wouldn't take the help that was offered to him. Uh, (laughs) Ah, so
1: yeah, so it's not the driving restriction that's the problem. It's the, you know, I I guess, so gosh, where do you begin in terms of the first questions? Mm. I'd love to dive in all over the place.
0: So I think, definitely the the whole point about the timing of this becoming an issue, I think I would question that around, Okay, you say that it's suddenly, suddenly it's a big deal. What do you mean by that? What? How has it now reached this this point of of no return where it needs to be dealt with? Um, This the last part is my marriage over okay, well, what tells you that your marriage is over? This is one part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, How are things in the rest of the marriage? Are there other things that are an issue? Because that sounds to me either like there's some catastrophisation, whereas, you know, that's it. It's got to be the end because I can't drive. So the question is, like, what else is going on? Do you have any other signs? Like, Mm -hmm. what would tell you that, that you think the marriage is over? Why would you think that? So what's behind that comment? And then there's, there's this whole bit about um, so my wife knew that it was like that before we got together. Like now it's an issue. Mm. Again, what is telling you that it's that there's a challenge there? What has changed? What are some of the things that have led up to it? And I'd also unpick what is it that it means to you not to be able to drive because and are you then transferring any of that? into this you know onto your wife is there some transference there is there are you is that causing you to bring more into this situation Mm -hmm. than actually meets the eye you know maybe it's just that your wife wants to maybe have a drink when she goes for dinner and she's always doing the driving well get a taxi or Mm -hmm. you know get the bus or find another or go out less you know maybe it's once in a while then you you look for an alternative but I, I would question what is it about not driving What does that mean to you? How does that make you feel? What are some of the thoughts and beliefs that you hold around that? And then how is that maybe playing out in the relationship? Because it could be manifesting in other ways. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe, you know, maybe they maybe they've reached the last straw at not being able to drive. Is it? Yeah. But it's preventing this person from doing other things and they feel like they can't they can ask for some things but not for other things that can ask for kind of lifts and favors and as they feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe there's something else behind that.
1: Mm. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think if I were coaching the couple, obviously the, the, mm. the key would be to start to be that third person in the room so that, you know, cause the one thing that I do feel is the person asking the question is in total denial and they just woke up today. Like <laughs> whatever is going on, they might have had sort of a gut instinct that they were sort of mm-hmm. just suppressing, but they just woke up today. So, But their partner has been aware of something or things for quite some time. Mm. So co- coaching and couple will be interesting because you're – you're creating a safe space where there's sort of neutral language to be able to explore like what it, what are the things that, that have been attempted to be communicated that we're finally listening to now yeah. and how do we support the person asking the question in terms of really opening their ears mm-hmm. you know and working on things that might be coming up like defensiveness yeah if I were yeah. coaching, coaching the individual as is commonly the case then you know you can often sort of ask curious questions from the other side. And, and I think this might be the hardest thing in the room is the way that the question is posed is, is really, I think, in a way to garner sympathy. Sympathy is very great, but the problem is, it's not going to get you anywhere. You know, you'll tell your buddies and they'll be like, oh man, you know, I I think being a coach in the situation is, is saying the things that nobody else or asking the things that nobody else would have the guts to ask you. Mm. In this scenario, because I can sense there's a fair amount of denial going on where Mm -hmm. this might ask some curious questions like, why do you think your marriage is over? Because my partner's really mad at me and they won't talk to me. And they said I'm they said that I'm hiring a divorce lawyer. Okay, so how do you think you might go about actually starting to explore and really now listen about, you know, what's going on? What mm. what would need to change to be able to have conversations that went a bit differently? How do you notice yourself showing up to these conversations? Do you tend to open them, be open, or do you tend to shut down? Mm. Do you tend to minimize? Do you tend to sort of, you know,
0: yeah, it's a hard mm. one. it is a hard one. I, th- I think it's like any, you know, often the questions that we get are because something's changed. Mm. And for this, you know, whatever the reasons, the rationale, whatever the the, the situation is behind it well, something has changed here. And I think that's, that's always difficult on both sides when something changes. Mm-hmm. You know, we had that uh, question the other week about my partner wants to become a vegan. And, it, and again, it's kind of a change. And, and, and often when we have a change, that feels like it's outside of our control. Mm-hmm. That then terrifies us as people because mm-hmm. we don't really like change. We like, I like the status quo. I like the routine that we've got. I like kind of you know how we bump through life I just that makes me happy it makes me feel comfortable Mm. when things change and they're they're not of our making and we feel like it's something that's happening to us that's when we start to get a little bit um a little bit twitchy and nervous about that because we don't know what's going to happen in the future and we want to feel safe and secure so I think this is this you know is very similar to lots of the questions that we get asked is something's changing it doesn't feel right anymore Mm. And then the mind can kind of go off and, and um, you know, rightly or wrongly kind of make that into anything we want it to be. Yeah. Um, and it's really then dealing with that. And and as you say, how can, if something is terrifying as a situation, what would make you feel less scared? What would you need right now to be able to, um, to feel safe in this situation?
1: Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. What mm. would you need? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Ah, yeah. We're not great at identifying what we need, are we, really? (laughs) No. You know, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, realistically, we're talking at the start of the the show there about, you know, well, we need to exercise because it's it's part of having a healthy existence. We need to Mm -hmm. consider what we put in our body. We need, you know, there's lots of things that we need to do mostly for ourselves, that we're really great at ignoring. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: totally. Oh, completely.
0: And then kind of tapping into that in terms of what do I need? If we were to ask ourselves every single day, right, what do I need today Mm. for it to be a successful day or for me to be happy or for me to stay healthy? What do I need? We'd probably make some, like, very different choices, you know, (laughs) asking that question, what do I need in my relationship today? What do I think my partner needs today? What do I need? And then trying to move forward with that would be faced with, um. a, a, you know, a very different life, wouldn't we? But we don't really do that. Yeah, yeah. Because we get up and, you know, do what most people do, pick up your phone, have a look at it, Yeah. <laughs> procrastinate, get yeah. out of bed for a bit, then get up yeah. and then kind of, you know, probably rush into the day and, uh, you know, you get your head down, and you carry on with the things that you know you need to do. We're not great at taking time out and reflecting and, um, and exploring some of those other things. Mm-hmm. things that
1: are important oh yeah because we're always putting out fires and we we only mm-hmm. attend to things when they're literally on fire yeah but there's just so many priorities as my coach reminds me the word priority was never meant to be pluralized but sort of mm. corporate America yeah. or corporate interests have made it think that we can have multiple priorities no there's just one priority yeah in life and everything else is not a priority
0: yeah
1: yeah so we've just become so accustomed to you know, Never tending the garden, just sort of yeah. looking out for the things that are almost dead. And those are the things we'll yeah. pile a bunch of water and fertilizer onto. But there's a bunch of stuff that's about to die, but because it's not, you know.
0: Because something's already dying, and that's what we need to attend yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: And I, and I think, you know, being a parent in this age is, is, you know, if it's not COVID, it's learning issues, it's, you know, doctor's visits for assessments, it's a whole bunch of stuff that just takes so much mm. space as being a parent yeah. and it's, it's not easy. Nothing. It's a lot of make work busy projects that have been piled into our lives.
0: Yeah, but, but I also think there was society we have been told that if we're busy, we're important. That is true. Yeah, so we have true. this connection with the fact yeah. that, yeah, if I'm busy, then I'm um, I'm in some way important. I've got value in my life. I'm a valuable person because, yeah, I'm just super busy. Therefore, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm, I am this greater being. Yeah. In reality, you know, I love nothing better than having a weekend where I've got absolutely nothing to do. Yeah. And people are like, oh, well, you can hear judgment in people's voices. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean you're not doing anything? Well, of yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do anything today. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you very much for asking. Yeah.
1: That is an empowered answer to a weekend question. Mm. That sounds awesome.
0: Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Absolutely (laughs) not. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Good, good, good. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. You're ready for the week ahead now.
1: Ready for the week. Absolutely. (laughs) I got 10 more weeks of this job and counting. (laughs) When we meet next, it'll be nine weeks and I'll be very excited.
0: Yeah. It'll be here before you know it. Well, that's that's true. Yeah, mm. That's very yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, I wish you a good week. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> thank you for it. starting my week with me.
1: Yes. Thank you for being here with the start of my week. It's the calmest mm. part of my week.
0: <laughs> it's like that. Um, yeah. One of my favorite films is Love Actually. And they um. have that scene where he drives... He's driving the, uh, the, the right, or he's driving, uh, Convert's driving the, um, the girl around who comes to help him. Mm. And they're both saying in their own language, This is my favorite, this is my favorite time oh, of the day when they yeah. drive each other home. So this is my favorite part of the week. Oh, <laughs> I remember
1: that. That was a beautiful scene.
0: Oh, it's oh, so lovely. Yeah. That is my favorite, yeah.
1: my absolute
0: favorite one. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, mm. All right. Well, all right.
1: I hope you have a great week ahead.
0: Yes, and you. Till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.